One rainy night in October, a man was driving past the cemetery. He saw a young boy walking in the rain. The man stopped and asked the boy if he wanted a ride. The boy approached the car. His face was pale, his clothes were wet, and he was shaking like a leaf. He opened the door and got into the passenger seat without saying a word. The man felt sorry for the boy, so he gave him a red sweater to keep him warm. The boy's teeth were chattering, and he was still shivering. When they got to the boy's house, the man stopped the car. The boy got out, the man told him to keep the sweater, and said he would come back for it the next day. What's your name? asked the man. Timmy, the boy replied. The next day, the man went to the boy's house to pick up his sweater. When he knocked on the door, a woman answered. The man introduced himself and asked if she was Timmy's mother. What's this about? she said. The man explained that he had given Timmy a ride the night before in the pouring rain and had given him a red sweater to keep him warm. The woman stared at him and her eyes welled up with tears. I'm, I'm sorry, you must be mistaken, she said. My son Timmy died almost a year ago. The man apologized and left. He was very confused and his head was spinning. He drove to the cemetery and found Timmy's grave. Lying on top of the grave was his red sweater. In the mountains of West Virginia, there is a little place called French Creek. Many years ago, a man by the name Bill Williams lived there. He was tall and slim and worked as a butcher. At the time, West Virginia had a problem. The timber wolves in the area had gotten out of hand. They were killing cattle and sheep and the farmers couldn't stop them. The state of West Virginia put a bounty on wolves. They said they would pay hunters $10 for every wolf pelt they turned in. Bill Williams thought that was pretty good money, so he gave up his job as a butcher and turned his attention to hunting wolves. As it turned out, he was very good at it. Every year, he managed to kill over 500 wolves at a bounty of $10 per pelt that came to over $5,000, which was a huge amount of money in those days. After five years of this, Bill had killed so many wolves that there were barely any left in the area. They were almost becoming extinct, and the few that were left were smart enough to stay hidden. So Bill decided to retire. He said the wolves had made him so rich, he swore that he would never harm one again. Every day, he just sat in the local store chewing tobacco and telling tall tales about his hunting expeditions to anyone who would listen. Everything went well for a few years. Then one day, a farmer burst into the store. He said that a white wolf had killed two of his sheep. He claimed he managed to get a shot at the wolf and hit it three times, but the bullets didn't have any effect on it. Soon, other farmers began spotting the white wolf all over the countryside, killing their livestock. They shot at it, but no matter how many times they hit the wolf, nothing seemed to stop it. The people begged Bill to do something about it, but he refused. The white wolf went on killing, and it seemed that nothing was safe. The bloody, half-eaten corpses of cows and sheep littered the countryside. Then, one night, the wolf came into Bill's yard and killed his pet cow. Bill was so angry that he forgot about his promise to never harm another wolf. He swore he would get revenge, and, the next morning, he went out and bought a young lamb to use as bait. 
He took it out to the hills and tied it to a tree. Then he backed off about 50 yards and hid behind another tree. With his shotgun in his lap, he sat there and lay in wait. After a few days, when Bill didn't return, the people in town went looking for him. Finally, they came across the young lamb. It was still tied to the tree and seemed to be unharmed. Then they spotted Bill. He was slumped against the other tree, but he was dead. His throat had been torn open. There were no signs of a struggle. His gun hadn't been fired, and there were no tracks in the soil around him. As for the white wolf, it was never seen again. But some people say that when the moon is full, you can still hear it howling. To play Blue Baby Blue, you have to go into the bathroom on your own, turn off the lights, and lock the door. Then you stare into the mirrors, hold out your arms like you are rocking a baby, and repeat the words, Baby Blue, Blue Baby, 13 times without making a mistake. If you do it right, you will suddenly feel the weight of an invisible baby in your arms. The baby will get heavier and heavier as it grows larger and larger. You will feel it scratching your arms. Before it gets too heavy, you have to quickly take the invisible baby, flush it down the toilet, and run out the bathroom. If you don't do it fast enough, a hideous woman will appear in the mirror. She will yell, give me back my baby, and scream loud enough to break glass. If you are still holding the baby, she will kill you. Some people believe the woman is Bloody Mary and she murdered her own child when she shattered a mirror and used a piece of broken glass to stab it to death. According to an urban legend, a group of girls found out about the blue baby story and decided to try it out. They didn't believe it would work, so they sent their friend Laura into the bathroom on her own. She turned the lights off and closed the door behind her. Laura put out her arms and started chanting the phrase. All of a sudden, a baby appeared in her arms and began scratching her. Laura was scared out of her wits and had no idea what to do. She wanted to drop it and run, but she was afraid of what might happen. She just stood there, holding the invisible baby as it grew heavier and heavier. Suddenly, she caught sight of something horrible in the bathroom mirror and screamed in terror. When Laura's friends heard her screaming, they tried to open the bathroom door, but it was locked. Finally, they managed to run to a friend's house to get help. When they broke open the door, they found Laura lying dead on the bathroom floor. Her eyes had been scratched out. They couldn't move her body because something large and invisible was pinning her to the ground. Years ago, there was a road that was known by locals as the never-ending road. Some say it was Lester Road in Corona, California, and others say it was Hot Springs Road in Alberta, Canada. It was a long, winding road, unlit and bordered by a thick forest that led through the mountains. According to a legend, many people who drove down the road at night were never seen or heard from again. The legend of the never-ending road became so well-known that a lot of folks were even afraid to drive on it during the daylight hours. Some drivers would even lose their nerve and turn back, terrified that if they continued along the road, they would never return. The road took a sharp turn at one point and curved around a large canyon. 
There wasn't any guardrails on the turn, and on the other side of the canyon, the road continued. One summer, a work crew were widening the road when they made a gruesome discovery. One of the workmen pushed a rock over the side of a canyon and heard it hit something metal. When they climbed down to look, the workmen found dozens of crashed cars at the bottom. They had all fallen to their doom, and the decomposing bodies and skeletal remains of the victims were still trapped into their seats. It was discovered that the roads on either side of the canyon lined up so well that when viewed from the correct angle, especially at night, it created an optical illusion. The canyon was almost invisible and the road seemed to continue on up and over the hill on the other side of the canyon. People who drove down the road at night had no idea that there was a huge drop in front of them until it was too late and they drove off of the cliff. They say that local law enforcement hushed up the discovery, wanting to avoid a scandal and the road was quietly closed down, never to be reopened. The corpses of the dead were never able to be recovered and they still lie there to this day in their twisted metal graves. Before I read this last story, I just wanted to thank all of the fans for the love and support. More content will be coming soon with me and alongside my business partner, Dr. Hayes. We just wanted to thank you all for all the awesome donations and that all the sweet messages that we get about our story readings are the kindest things in the world to us. Thank you so much. Now, back to the story. On Thursday nights, a boy named Jim had to work late at the local supermarket. He worked as a stock boy in one of the malls outside of town and was often the last one to leave. By 8.30, his work was finished. He locked up the store and made his way home. By the time he got out of the huge parking lot, it was almost empty. The only sound he could hear was the echo of his own footsteps on the pavement. As Jim walked down a deserted alleyway, he heard a strange rustling sound. Suddenly, a man stepped out of the shadows. His face was misshapen and deformed. Hey kid, over here. The man held out his right hand. He was holding a long, thin knife. The razor-sharp blade glinted in the dim light. Jim stopped in his tracks. Nice, sharp knife. The man said softly. Don't panic. Jim told himself. He was shaking in his boots. The man took a few steps toward him and smiled, revealing a row of rotten teeth. Don't run, Jim told himself. Just stay calm. Nice, sharp knife, the man repeated. Just give him what he wants, Jim thought. Then he'll let you go. The man came closer. He held the knife up. Cuts nice and easy, he said slowly. Jim tried to stop himself from screaming out loud. The man peered into his face. Hey kid, you want to buy a knife? Only three dollars, two or five. It'll make a nice present for your mother. No thanks, Jim said. She's already got one. And he ran away as fast as his legs would carry him. 